So, you know Unmasked is sponsored by Life Boost, but I don't think you realize how much it runs on Life Boost. America runs on Duncan, bitch, please. We run it on this Life Boost, good, good. It's literally the only coffee we drink in the morning, and lately we've been getting in on that amazing cold brew choo-choo train. Let me tell you how easy this shit is to make. It already comes in a small filter bag, and all you do is fill up a pitcher and throw in the coffee bag. Then you set it and say it with me. Set it and forget it. Until for, of course, you want to drink some amazing cold brew. There is something so satisfying about sipping on an iced latte made by you, enjoyed by you. Fun pro tip, if you don't want to water it down at all, I freeze some of the cold brew into ice cube trays and then it's iced coffee with iced coffee cubes. It's like coffee inception. Coffee within a coffee. So if you're thinking, that bitch is brill and I need to try some of that, great. Go get you some and save yourself 30% with our code UNMASKED. That's U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D to save yourself 30%. Last year, way back in the 2022 of it all, I had a goal to meditate more. I did a really good job of it too, if I do say so myself. But this year, I haven't been doing it as much and I can really tell a big difference in so many aspects of my life. Lucky for me, we have a place to float to help me facilitate my mindfulness practice. A float tank is a pool of heated water combined with magnesium sulfate to allow yourself full buoyancy. Floating in these pools can help me in my mindfulness practice by using darkness and sensory deprivation, giving me a dark and warm place to turn my brain off from all of the distractions I have during the day. A place to float offers a spa experience from the moment you walk in the building. So, if you're wanting a place to unwind and relax, a place to float is the perfect staycation getaway. Right now, if you use your code UNMASKED, you can get a free float. That's U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D to get a free float for your first time. In a world of ordinary, it's time to unmask the extraordinary with Unmasked, the podcast. With your host, Brandon Zimmerman. Welcome to Unmasked, the podcast. I feel like everybody knows me, just about everything about me. Eye candy of the night, 100%. <laughs> And Sarah Zimmerman. I want to be on the back end of RTV and just like, kick, 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 kick. Right. I, um, I saw Amanda Nunez and I'm pretty sure I fell in love with her. I want to just be her. It's time to unmask your true potential. All right. Welcome to Unmask the Podcast. We are here with Jiu Jitsu Black Belt and professional Bellator fighter, Sean Connor Fallon. Whoa. What's up, What's brother? Up? Yes. <laughs> Glad is, to be here. This Hell is so yeah. exciting. I'm excited. It's honestly, I'm excited because I get to see you. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. I know. It's, it's been it's, a minute. The last time I saw you was on my phone screen when I was watching you fight in Bellator. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We were literally at uh, a live uh, last podcast on the left thing at uh, the Egyptian room. Oh, okay. that's right. Yeah. I totally I, we forgot were sitting that that's like, who we were watching. We were literally in the second to front row and I was like, Sean's about to fucking fight. Yeah. And, they, and they just like they hadn't just come out but like i got like two minutes in and then they restarted the show and i'm like fuck so i had to turn it off and then i turned i had to go back and watch the rest of it that was oh, that fun. was super fun i don't think that people realize how excited because i was like sitting on the edge of my seat i was like yeah and they i think they <laughs> thought we were excited about last pod which is like kind of true but mainly we were like my friend yeah. i wanted to be like my friend is fighting right now shut the fuck up hey, you don't understand right now we i, I know him <laughs> that's hilarious that's awesome yeah. yeah, it was super fucking cool. So, 
How did you get here? What is your origin story? As far as fighting goes? Yeah. Well, yeah, like what's what kind of like, I guess, you know, what got you on the path, you know? Okay, so I was an athlete growing up. I guess you could say trauma brought me here. <laughs> no, I joke it's about that. You know? here, I go back honestly. and forth on that. I'm like, it's a sport. It's regulated, you know. It's, But it is more intimate and personal than that on some levels. Sometimes I can keep it as, you know, it's just a sport. It's not about the struggle. And, you know, of course, there's violence involved, and that's intense sometimes. But um, I don't know. I was an athlete. I was done with college football. But before that, I was fascinated by the sport. I would watch it, and I don't know. This dates back to me being, like, 11, 12 years old. All I wanted to do was box, but my parents never got me the gloves. So I would try to spar my brother, you know, body shots only with the winter gloves on. <laughs> and, um, but he never really kept up with that. I wrestled for a little bit when we lived in Iowa, but we moved after two years. And I was really taken to it. And we moved to New York, didn't have wrestling for my age, and got away from that and went back to traditional sports. And um, I don't know, I was always fascinated by combat, one-on-one -on -one sports. And I would watch it. And I was fascinated, but I didn't think I could do it. I would watch it like, how can these guys take these hits? You know, like the pride days, looking like Vanderlei Silva and stuff. Those were the fights that kind of got me excited, even though looking back on it now, it wasn't the most technical. But still, as a fan, I can be, you know, an ignorant, bloodthirsty fan just like the rest of yeah. the population. But I don't know. I didn't think I could do it. I was done with football, and I started training, and I just wanted to try my hand at it. I don't know. There was a delusional side of me, too, that thought I could. I didn't know if I would be good or not, but I just, you know, I'm like, man, I could at least do it. I wanted to do it for whatever reason. I don't know. That's a good question, you know, but I was fascinated by the sport, and then I started training, and then I realized that you know, I, I can compete on some type of level. Took a fight, like, a couple weeks later. Oh, shit. Yeah. How long were you training then? Maybe, maybe a couple months max. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, that's the, the you say delusional, and you're like, I don't know if I can do it. But my delusional side was like, fuck yeah, I can do it. And I can, uh, can totally get punched in the mouth. Yeah. And then you get punched once, and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> what <Yeah>. happened? <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, so where, where did you start training at then? Um, I was at a gym. I trained a couple spots, never extensively, never more than a couple days at a time at, in Buffalo when I was still playing football. Um, then I started in Muncie at the Wolfpack gym. Okay, yeah. So, like, Bubba McDaniel was my main mentor, I guess, and coach. Um, they had a lot of fighters, but they kind of thinned out. And it was really just me and Bubba and a couple others on most days. This 16-year-old kid, Tyler Leach. Shout out to Tyler Leach. Where yes. are you, man? <laughs> Come back, <laughs> had Tyler. Had a lot of potential, too. Cool dude. I've, I'm still kind of in touch with him. But, yeah, yeah, that's where I got my start. How yeah. does that, like... I mean, how does that impact your training being, like, the only one? You know, how are you even working stuff like that at that point? I mean, as far as, like, limited training partners yeah, and stuff? Yeah, I mean. It was cool because I got to see what hard work really looked like because Bubba busted his ass. Like, nice. he didn't really cut any corners at all, and he really worked hard. And I don't know. I was willing to put in the work, too, but that was a good example for me to see. And... Yeah, well, I don't know. He was in a different place. I wish we could have trained. You know, I feel like I'm in that, or I have been in that position before. Yeah. When it was really like me and Brant, and sometimes Holbrook and yeah. you know, limited training partners. It always goes in, you know, in spurts. I guess you it know, does. people it does. retire, people yep. move, whatever the case may be. Um, but we didn't really have a head coach overseeing it. That's the only thing that would have been nice, I guess. But um, yeah, 
I feel for him because now that I've experienced that, he really wasn't getting the proper work, you know. Yeah. But I wish we could train together now, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 I, I'm I, sure he said the same thing if he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I saw you with friends of him on Facebook and I was like, holy shit, he knows Bubba? Like, how yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that was so cool because I, I watched him in Ultimate Fighter. It was my first time I'd seen him fight. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, no. and it's amazing how we're all, like, like we're all kind of connected in that little, you know, like, I know somebody who knows somebody that's fighting in the big show. Like, yeah. and, and now I know you who fights in one of the big shows, too, which is super neat, you know? And Holbrook and Hawkins, or I mean, and um, Jake from. Yeah, not Jake O'Brien. <laughs> not from State Farm. Not from State Farm. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting that, like, you know, it's, it's not. I don't know. I want. I don't want to say celebrities, but like you know, it's you're still on the, the the beaten path of like those big shows, and you probably see some of those big names that you probably grew up fighting to or watching fight. I should right. Say, yeah. You know, no, I know. It's, it is a small world, the martial arts world, in a way, you know. But yeah, no, it's pretty cool. But I think in our sport too, you know, the bigger names, they're still pretty accessible people, you know, with the exception yeah. of McGregor and you know, I don't know. I think Chris Lytle is one of the most humble dudes you'll ever meet. Yeah. Still works as a firefighter in Indianapolis, and yeah, yeah, that yeah, was pretty cool. But also, it's like, man, we should get some more money. No shit. <laughs> yeah, no shit. right. Uh, it's. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I agree Dude. with that. Especially like some like because I I know um, I talked to Jake O'Brien a while back, and he said like his his first three like UFC fights or whatever he like made like no money because of course when he fought it was like really early on. Yeah. So like he fought like Cain Velasquez. And like John Jones when he was coming right. up, you know, and that's like like way early on before John Jones was even John Jones, you know, right. like he didn't have right. the belt or anything. It was just like so it was like, damn, my guys, was that twenty years ago or some shit, like, right. you know? So it was super interesting. Yeah. Well, I also don't think like I think I posted something about it on Insta, and it was like, here you get this amount of money, but then you're paying coaches, you're paying people to fly out, you're paying all this shit out of your pocket, out of your own fucking purse. And you're left with what five grand and that's for just one fight now here's the problem though your body can only do so much so uh, that'd be like someone being like okay we'll have a kid and you know like you only get four grand make a living out of that you're like i fucking can't you know right, right. i can only have a kid nine months out of the <laughs> like year so it's just it's insane to for me to think that you're going to make a living if you're not getting paid a proper amount and how do you want us to keep bringing up good fighters with exactly. that exactly that's the problem because it really takes someone that's able to withstand a lot of stress you know yeah financial yeah. stress included obviously you know unless yeah, and then you don't else. have insurance which is just on top of it so screwed up because i'm like i think you would find such a better pool of people who could work through stuff you know, I mean, not just in the ring, but like potential like hiccups that they're having in their game. You know, how many fighters do we hear where they're like, I went to a fight therapist or a fight counselor and now my game's a whole new game because I got out of that mental game. Right. But if you don't have the insurance for that, how right. are you going to do that? No, that's that's for sure. So how'd you end up in Indy then? My parents moved here while I was still in school and I was done with school and I came kind of to visit and I was in a transition and um, I was trying to get my life in order, you know, <laughs> and I ended up staying, found that gym. Like I said, I was really fascinated with the sport even before I started training, and in my mind, I had plans to do it, you know, and I would tell people that, and, you know, you'd get the typical response. People would, like, kind of laugh, yeah, sure, whatever, kid, you know, but I was telling people that before I even 
really started training full time. I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be a fighter. Blah blah blah. You know. That's so, so wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I like. Ali said the same thing. I mean, he. I mean, I think part of his was just like, no, this is what I'm gonna do. And he's like, I was greatest before you even knew I was the greatest. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you? How do you just wake up one day? Was it just like a voice? Did you just feel I it? Didn't, see, I didn't think I was gonna be the greatest though. I thought maybe part of me thought I could be and I could at least compete. But I, you know, expectations changed along the way. Now I feel like I could beat anybody in the world. You Hell know, yeah. but at the time I was like, you know what? I don't know. I hadn't done it yet, so seeing is believing. I want. I was just being realistic about it. I okay. knew there were some killers out there, and um, I just wanted to at least at that point. I just wanted to hang and prove that I could do it, you know. And obviously, goals change, you know. Yeah. But yeah. What did your parents think about it? I don't know. My my dad was always supportive. Okay. He kind of saw that it was a sport, and he played basketball in college, so that's his background. Okay. As far as athletics go, and um, yeah, my mom was never a big fan of it. My <laughs> first fight, <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still to this day. Yeah. But um, she came to the last one though. She came to the last few, but she didn't come to like thirty plus fights. You know. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. mother refuses to come. Really. My dad yeah. came to one uh, um, last year. Yeah. Okay. But my my mom, she's like no. Can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't even want that nervous energy there. You know, yeah, no, I prefer no, to wait you. at home by the phone. Yep. And then wait to hear that both me and my opponent are okay. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. her style. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely feel that. I always feel bad because I was in the back room with you this time because I cornered you this time and I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm kind of a mess. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I, I talk about that, but, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's very nervous, but I don't give her a lot of reason not to be because I've been hurt a couple times. So, right, you know, it's, right. <laughs> the few times she's come, like, let's see, one, two, out of four fights, she's been to, two of them have been in the hospital. Well, okay, one's been in the hospital, one of them I did get hurt, but I did not do the hospital. No, that so, was just like yeah. a red stick run, and we were just like doing it. Well, the hospital, the... I, had a, I had a broken nose, and they made me go. But I, I wasn't really hurt. I'm like, who doesn't right. walk out of right. here with a broken nose? Come on. Yeah, I'm like, dude, leave me alone. Because they didn't even do anything for me. They just, like, MRI me and told me to go see a specialist two weeks later. Right. So they didn't actually, like, fix me. I spent hours there, and I had stale breadsticks on the way home. So, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, okay, so what age did you start? I started kind of late, man. I've been doing, yeah, I, I'm about 37. I started when I was 26. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Started like 22, I think, 23. Yeah, okay. So close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... And I didn't have like a an extensive background in any martial art at all, you know? So that would definitely be considered late by today's standards, yeah. especially. Yeah, you know, well, when I hear about like some of these people that are like world champions, and like, well, I started when I was three, right. and I started with Taekwondo, and I just built from there, and I'm like, fuck, dude, I, I started eating mac and cheese out of the frying pan, like sitting at the computer playing RuneScape is what I did all through high school you know what I mean yeah, so like yeah. as far as athletics go I'm like I played hacky sack <laughs> have I, very good coordination I paintballed every once in a while you know yeah. but other than that like I didn't man I, I didn't even like get in shape until I was like 22, 23 so no kidding okay, well, that's awesome that's awesome. Then you weren't burnt out, you know? Yeah. I think that can go either way. That's Absolutely, true. yeah. And I, I look at some of these people, like, some of my favorite fighters are 34, 35, and they're, they're falling apart now. I'm like, well, they've been fighting for 30 years. Right. You know, like, literally, like, since they were children. So I'm like, maybe, okay. Maybe I preserved my body long enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I look at guys like Sexy Yama, who's 47, still fighting at the highest level, you know? Is he that old? Yeah. yeah. 
he he did judo for a long time. He said he started professional mixed martial arts at thirty. Damn. So that's cool. Yeah. He's still going. <laughs> that's awesome. But he's also fighting for one FC, and they don't drug test. So. True. <laughs> they probably throw him some good matchups because he's sexy on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He, I know he's had some tough fights for sure, but yeah. I haven't followed his one career as much. So okay, so you moved to Indy. How did you? Are you? You're still with Pat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did you end up there? Is that where you first started? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was at a few places before that, and then I was. Um, with uh, Joe Lyle and Jason Kessler. Okay. Joe was really big on bringing us there twice a week to cross-train with those guys. We had a bunch of good 55ers at the time, so we'd have a good room. And got in with those guys and started leveling, leveling up pretty quick. And, I don't know, over time, just that I just wanted to be involved in that style, and yep. it just suited me pretty well. So yeah. I made the switch full-time. Nice. And, and yeah, how long have you been with them? It's been like eight or nine years, I guess. I know. I was like, it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you were at the old gym before they moved. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that old spot. I kind of do, too. <laughs> I honestly do. spot. Dude, I miss it because it was old for many reasons, but, like, it's just, like, one of those gyms that you see in, like, the boxing movies where you're like, am I in the right place? And then you go in, and it's just, like, a bunch of people fucking hammering, like, yeah. doing the shit. And it's awesome. It's so fun. And... Like, it was also right. I think I could have walked there now, but... Nice, yeah. yeah. I miss the old spot. We talk about that, actually, quite a bit, me and a few others, but I don't even know how we did it. It was so small, and we had more people then. Yeah. Now we have even more space, and it seems like we get in each other's way, but it worked somehow, and we had two more programs, even. I don't know. I don't know if it was the safest. <laughs> I mean... We would have just so many bodies, you know? yeah. No, I remember one time, and it gets so hot in there. Dude, one time I was doing laps, I was, like, running, and that was not to be so, like, Forrest Gumpy. Sorry if that I came out. I was running. <laughs> and, um, like, I stepped down, and when I pulled my foot back up, it was just, like, a puddle, like, in Jurassic Park. Like, it was just a puddle. And I was like, oh, well, that's fun. But, Nasty. Yeah. Dude, that Nasty. was just fun. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. How long did you train in, in Fishers then? So I was there for... Probably like two years, I think at least two years. Yeah, we kind of ended up hopping around a little bit because uh, the Wolfpack team kind of had dissolved. Bubba eventually left and went to train down at Jackson's. Oh, okay. And um, the gym owner there was gonna open up a new gym, and you know, asked us to kind of like wait until it happened. And you know, you I was already out. rolling and I wanted to, you know, yeah, I was ready to go. So I started looking elsewhere and. Um, I don't know, me and Brian Whitaker would just find places to train. We'd be at like the Muncie Pal Club or yeah, anywhere that would have us. We we stayed training partners through a lot of different gyms together. Then um, Casey Dyer opened up a gym in Muncie too. He was on The Ultimate Fighter and after that show aired, he opened up a spot, was there for a little bit, maybe like a year and a half. Some of these gyms were just really short-lived. Yeah, yeah. Because I think too, it's like, as I was saying, I was like, it's tough to keep people... I think what's hard is that you're not getting them young enough where they can make like, oh, I'm just going to get into a house with a bunch of fighters. You know, we're all just going to fight. Like that kind mm -hmm. of mentality. It's like everyone's got like a day job or this or they end up have, like getting a family and just like things change. And it's hard to keep people 
you know. True. And I don't know who, like, how many of their goals, like, align with everybody else who wants to be that fighter. It's just, yeah. it's just such an interesting dynamic. Especially out this way, I feel like, if for some reason, again, it's like, I don't know if it's just the Midwest specifically or Indiana a lot, but everybody's like, well, I like the gi. And I came with the gi, you know, it's like, right. a lot of people just like to do jujitsu and like, even to find like people that like want to be competitive and just like striking in general, because it's just, you know, it's a different sport than just, you know, jiu-jitsu. Do you, do right. you ever just compete in jujitsu at all anymore? Yeah. It's been a minute. We are talking about doing a tournament because my guys compete a lot. Okay. So do you guys know Jared Johnson? He's been competing a lot. Okay. Purple belt? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd like to go to one of the tournaments that he does. I love it. Yeah. I just view it as another day of training, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been a minute. I'm trying to think of the last time I did. When Grappling Industries had free admission for oh, dude. brown and black belts and yeah. pro fighters, we were hitting up a lot of tournaments. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know how some of these guys pay for all these damn tournaments. I know. And then they, like, travel, like, across the damn country, sometimes in other countries to go. Right. And I'm like, yeah. bro, you spent... Five hundred to a thousand dollars on a plane ticket, and then you also spent two hundred dollars to get into a tournament, and you might have gotten a five dollar medal. Right, shit, and maybe man. just like a match or two. So right, yeah, that's exactly. like a wasted day of training usually for me because Saturday is usually like the best day of training, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I agree with that. It's when I get the most rest. That's why it's the best day. For right, me. exactly. You wake up and that's like the first thing you do. Yeah. 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 So you still working a full time job then? I didn't for like a year and a half, two years, and then. I got injured in this last fight. I ended up with a fractured leg, Aww. broken leg, my fibula, and um, went back to work. I worked. I stayed on as PRM with the company I was with before doing the physical therapy. Okay. okay. And started doing that, yeah, because I couldn't do anything. I couldn't train. I couldn't even really teach. Once I found out I was broken, I just wasn't on it anymore because, like, the fibula is a non-weight-bearing bone for the most okay. part. So you can walk around and be just fine, but like even showing techniques was really hard. Uh, so I kind of took a little time to rest up and also make some money and chill and recover a little bit. Did so. you, how did that affect you mentally? The injury? Yeah. I broke my leg before, unfortunately, same bone. Um, this one, it was a worse break, Okay. but I could walk on it. I didn't even know for the first two and a half weeks after the fight. Like, Natalie fought the next night. We were walking all around Chicago. Okay. I knew I was banged up a little bit, but, you know, But at that, that point, happens. it's just like, yeah, yeah, a, it yeah just hurts. Fight. It just yeah. hurts. Yeah. And then the swelling yeah. went down, and it was like, uh, it's not stable at all. Uh-uh. And then family and friends encouraging me to go get a look at that, <laughs> <laughs> which is usually the case. And yep. then, sure enough, it was broken. So. Damn, that Damn. sucks. Yeah, yeah. I was in the hospital that night, too, you know. Uh. You were talking about spending the night in the yeah. hospital afterwards. It's like after party or hospital or maybe both. You never literally, know. Literally, literally, yeah. You're, That's... you're lucky if you get to do any portion of the after party because the hospital is not fast with anything. Oh, my God. Dude, right. Imagine Chicago Friday night. No. And they sent us to Bellator didn't stitch on site. I'm not th- trying to throw shade. Love that promotion. Yeah. But they didn't have anyone to stitch on site, and they sent me to um, – I can't remember the name of the hospital, but it's it's Chicago, downtown, yeah. on Friday night, you know? <laughs> there was like 81 people ahead of us. Oh, shit. And uh, they were like, yeah, no, uh, the doctor there was saying how he works there, and tell him, Dr. Stryker sent you, and uh, you'll get to the front of the line, they'll stitch you up, in and out, no problem. We get there, and 
I don't know if they don't know who this guy is or they just don't care, but they're like, yeah, very cool guy. We got someone with a gunshot wound, you know. People were yeah. acting crazy. There was, like, fights breaking out. Oh, shit. So my girlfriend got on the phone and called around. We found a better place and That's finally it. got in. But we were waiting there for a while, and there was no movement whatsoever. Oh, my And God. then other fighters from the same card started trickling in. Oh, God. Doing the same thing. I'm like, I'm watching from a distance. The one guy I told them, they're going to go through the whole the same whole spiel. spiel, you know. Dr. Stryker sent me, no, you don't understand, bro. I'm a big deal. I just fought in Bellator. Which I, of course, did not say that, but... Um, I, was very I really polite love and, like, it when people are like, "I'm a big deal at fighting." I'm like, "Normal, like humans, like don't know what that is." Right. Like, Nobody I'm like, cares, bro. No. Sorry. Do you know who I am? Go sit no. down. No, yeah. Don't bleed on my floor. Literally, <laughs> God, that's so funny. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, we had maybe what two people? I think we had two people ahead of me. Yeah, it was like that's we were nice. kind of in the sticks. But but it still took like three hours. Oh, you know dang. what I mean? And like I got there and uh, we said, okay, doctor says I have a broken nose. I go, they go, well, what's the pain scale? I, one to ten. I said like a four. Yeah. It didn't fucking hurt. Like my nose is big; it gets punched all the time. Back of the line, kid. Yeah. yeah. Not any pain. <laughs> but, yeah. but they, but I had a, my shin. I checked like three kicks. Yeah. And it it had some fluid built up, and then that hurt like a seven. <laughs> I was like, okay. They go. Well, your nose is blah blah blah, and they're worried about the nose. I'm like, okay, that doesn't hurt. My shin hurts, and they go, okay, but we're worried about your nose. I go, no, 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 my shin fucking hurts, dude. <laughs> like, <Dang. laughs> so they they were like, they X-rayed it and everything. Like, oh, it's just some fluid. Then they MRI'd my nose, and then they were like, okay, well, you need to go see a specialist. And I was like, what was the point of all of this? Right, <laughs> right. Like, I I love the fact that the insurance and the cage promotion paid for it. Right, right. If I had to pay a dime of that, I'd have been like, "What? <laughs> yeah, no shit. What did y'all do for me? You know, it's crazy. But if you don't go, you get suspended. So like, right. You know, and if you need further attention, then yeah, you didn't take that step. But yeah, yeah, healthcare, baby, you gotta love it. <laughs> Dude, all right. So you went to IBG. You've been training there. What was like? Your first, where did when did you start to realize that like this is really picking up steam for you? I guess confidence through training and training with good people, and then you know leveling up that way, and then doing well with other fighters that have fought or were fighting in bigger organizations, and then yeah, having a chip on my shoulder from being overlooked at times, even from coaches, you know, like yeah, I've got the talk, you know, hey, if if I could have got to you sooner, you know, maybe we could do something. But, but so I've been counted out a lot of times, I think. And, you know, I was playing that supporting role a lot of times. But in my mind, I'm thinking, fuck that. I'm better than yeah. these guys. Not in a like arrogant way, like I'm more deserving. But skill wise, I feel like I'm just as good. And if given the proper attention and the right opportunities, I guess, you know. Why like, do you think people overlooked you? I, I mean, you're really obviously know. good. You got skill. I mean, you I know, know. I so mean, I heard. I did have gaps to close. <laughs> <laughs> I had gaps to close up for sure, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. I guess I was never truly like a homegrown guy from anywhere and, you know, did it without management this whole time. Of course, Pat's been there and helped with, like, you know, certain decisions for sure, but yeah. we didn't have, like, big-time management connections or anything like that. And... It's almost becoming more like boxing, you know, like they're going to bring in an opponent. There's one guy who's like favored to win and one guy who's favored to lose, even in the bigger shows, even, you know? Yeah. So 
I mean, how do you even get that call? Like, how do they get your number? How do they even know where you're at? Like, what is right? You think right? I always thought, you know, because I was starting to climb the rankings because my pro career went sideways to begin with. Okay. I was just eager. I wanted to just fight whoever, and yeah, which was fine. You know, those matchups would have been very favorable to me now. You know, but I had like three decision losses in a row at one point. For your pro At one point, career? I was three and five, yeah. Okay. So I had to dig myself out of that hole, you know, because yeah. records were looked at a lot more closely even then, more okay. so than, like, strength of schedule. So, yeah, I had a real rough start, and I had a pretty solid amateur career, and I think people, you know, thought I could do something with it for sure, but had those losses, and it just, I was like, damn. I think two of them were split decisions, too, but it doesn't matter, you know? I had a losing record, and... I was really low in the rankings, and then I started, you know, putting together win streaks and fighting better and better guys and climbing up the rankings. And you'd think you'd get noticed that way, you know? It's like, yeah. what are the rankings even for? Yeah, no shit. They kind of matter, but they kind of don't too, though, because you'll see guys in the UFC, like this past weekend, you know, like rank somewhere among the top 100, but they're not, like, in the top five or top 10. Yeah. Which... You know, me and Cameron both climbed our way into the top five in multiple weight classes. And you'd think that'd be enough, but you still have to know somebody and have some type of connection, you know? Okay. They don't really just call you because there's so many guys and they go to those managers. Right, right, right. And they already have a whole stable of guys they're waiting to get on that they know and like. It doesn't matter that you're more skilled. It's not merit-based like I initially thought it was. That was also very appealing to me in the sport, you know? It's like yeah. you earn it. Yeah, I think the best fight, the best, and it right. was very much so that way at one point. Yeah. Now there's so many fighters, and of course people look out for their own. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would do the same if I was in a similar position, but I would want my guys to earn it too, though. You know. Hell yeah. Like, well, yeah. A lot I of mean, guys you... ask for the shortcuts, you know. Yeah. Guys that I mentor, and I don't like that they look at it that way. You know. Yeah. I don't want them to have to go through all the hardships that I did, take the long route, but still like you got to be good enough and deserve it too you know yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. don't be a turd too yeah. like yeah you know it's it is interesting because i think definitely like in the beginning and i think too in the beginning it was also like truly truly mixed martial arts like what is going to be beating out this martial art what martial art is going to be now it's it is mixed yeah and it's like show business right. and show business is all about connections and i fucking hate it right i hate it so it's sleazy because especially you start becoming friends with people and you don't know i mean it's not the same it feels like so not midwesterny like midwestern people i genuinely have experienced like true friendships like they're not in it to see what you can offer them they're in it because they like you you know and then you get out to like different places and it's all about how i can use this person to step up and i'm nice to them so that i can take their you know whatever connections and stuff like that right yeah yeah it's a slimy game and then think with the violence and stuff there's a lot of just weirdos involved in the sport in general i hate to say it there's a lot of really great people too oh yeah Yeah, absolutely but pretty much all of our friends train yeah yeah, i have one friend from high school i talk to on a regular basis that's like one of my best friends and everybody else has tried to punch or choke me (laughs) so (laughs) yeah yeah. well of course training partners you know they're going to be awesome friends and great people but you know the political side of the sport is you know maybe it's necessary but it's not something that I love or want to be a part of you know yeah I yeah agree with that. is that do you have a manager now 
No. Or is it just Pat and you just Me like Pat, sitting yeah. down at so the table? I don't owe twenty contract. to thirty percent to anybody. That's good. That's which is funny. nice. Um just give my ten percent to the gym and and then pay for Pat to have a really nice hotel for like four nights, you know? I love it. I love it. I love it. Deserving. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. He's genuinely one of my favorite humans. And I was so sad because I have not, I want to get back out there. And it just, it's one of those things where it's like schedule, you know, biding your time between two different gyms at this point And then another right. one, it's like, I promise I don't, I didn't forget about you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because that's the other thing too is like we, we know so many people and they're all like, you should come train with us. Right, It'd be fun. Right. I'm like, it absolutely would, but then that's you know because we've gotten. I mean, I know like like Mick Williams invited me to, to Bloomington to Vortex before, and I'm like, Mick, I fucking love you, but that's like two hours away from me, right. <laughs> you know. And, and you have your own stuff going on in your own gym. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's really you know? hard sometimes. Yeah. yeah, especially like you know I, I you know I, I work nine to five, so I go straight to the gym from work. Yeah, and I work in Plainfield and drive all the way to Fishers sometimes, and that's a forty five to an hour drive depending on traffic and everything else, and like so it's. Yeah, it's tough. Crazy. You yeah. want to do it all for sure. But yeah. No, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, we don't hold a grudge. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. There's not like 10 people ready to beat you down when you show up. No, <laughs> what the fuck? It's been months. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll just stay here a little longer. Um, do, where was the Bellator fight? Where does... Is, Chicago. It is Chicago. Okay. It was there. They're okay. out There's of many. California. Okay, okay. They do events all over. They have them in like Europe and... Okay. Ireland, Italy. Where yeah. was your ideal place if you were like, I want to fight here? Bucket list would be Ireland, but you know, the more I do this stuff, I'm like, traveling for the fights, unless it's a teammate's fight, it's not vacation, no. not even close. No. So I don't really carry a lot of stress going into the fight because the job has been done pretty much, you know, as far as the training camp went. Yeah. And I can enjoy things, but you don't get to, you know, live how you want to live and just yeah. chill. And I don't know, it's not as fun to me. I like to fight closer to home and then travel, travel for leisure, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but. that's definitely the way to do it for sure. Especially because I think, too, like traveling, it's like, I want to go here, I want to go here, I want to go here. But you can't plan all of that and do fight camp and try to keep yourself. Yeah. Your head is in too many different places. Right, So, right. yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I have I have dreams and aspirations to, like, fight in Thailand. I want to fight in yeah. Japan. Yeah, awesome. Stuff like that, you know, I think it'd be super, super cool. Then I'm also thinking about, it's like, well... I'd have to get there early. I'd have to find a place to train. I'd have to find a place to hopefully has a sauna because I'm gonna have to cut eventually. And then I can't eat all the food I want to eat because that's part of the reason I want to go to those places is yeah, to exactly. eat all the food. No, for so it's sure. like after the fight, if I'm healthy, then it's like maybe I could take a few extra days and go enjoy some things and hopefully, right. you know, you hope to walk out of there without a broken leg and be able right. to walk yeah. and move around, you know, and like. Right. So it's I hard think, to plan for that. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, well, what if you get stuck and you have to stay at the hospital for six hours? And <laughs> right. So fighting close to home is nice. Chicago's great. It's, you know, we were able to drive in. Um, but yeah, I would do Ireland though, just for the experience. I mean, I would do any of them if they if the money was right, you know. Oh, yeah, the, for sure. But um, yeah, closer is almost better. But where else would be cool? Yeah, I guess Ireland, England. What what weight class did you fight at in this last fight? It was at one eighty five. Okay. Yeah, My first time at middleweight. Ever. Yeah, so that's big for you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went up to 170. Yeah. Used to be at 55 for yeah. quite a while. Um, that, how do you ever make 55? I probably will never do it ever again. <laughs> well, I, I can confidently say I will never do 55 again. Okay. But Is 170 it? for sure. Yeah. What I was? Think, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I see. I can see seventy. Yeah, but like, man, fifty-five. Like, you were so tall. I know. <laughs> it's like, I wish I went up sooner. Honestly, like, I just feel so much better. That's it's what like I was a rebirth ask, to my like, career. Honestly, how does that feel? You're loving feel it. Feel so much better. Yeah, I couldn't even touch a weight for years and still make weight. You know, I was barely eating. I'd have like one go macro bar all okay. day long, and then have like four ounces of you know some type of like meat. You know, maybe like some organic grass-fed beef. And like a half a sweet potato and some fruit and that would be it and i would run that for like weeks on end and Jesus. like my activity level was really high yeah that's in hindsight it was kind of stupid but i think that's part of the growth of learning though you know i you got to figure out where you're because i fought at 45 45 is big for for me who's yeah. five five you know right, i just right. like died it down to that you know and this i i made i make 35 relatively easily okay so um you know i've heard people tell me 25 and i'm like no <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like every weight class has its advantages, I guess. Like, you know, don't come for me, middleweights, but I feel like the 55ers, I feel, you know, it's a more skilled division. Interesting. And you'll get a good mix of skill and athleticism at yeah. lightweight. Um, welterweight as well, but you see more athleticism and power, you know, thriving in that weight class. I just feel like the, the smaller guys are more skilled. Not exactly sure why that is, but it's probably because in the room there's no weight classes and yeah. you have to really apply solid technique if you're the little guy, you know? So, yeah. especially when we do when I started jujitsu, uh, was at Performex in Brownsburg, and it was oh no, yeah, 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 right? <laughs> I know those dudes. Huckleberry yeah. is my boy, he turns yeah. to us now, yes, yeah, he's <laughs> massive, right? Yeah, so everybody was 200 plus pounds when I started this is granted this is a decade ago so a different different squad okay yeah, but yeah. but but everybody was 200 plus pounds and then it was me and my buddy Jeff who was a U of I wrestler so I have a chance of hell you know what I'm saying so like Dang. he's the only guy my size so I always partner with him but he was just you know leaps and bounds better than me so then again it was like I got really good at half guard yeah because yeah. <laughs> everybody was huge you right. know so you're right like I, I do agree like I think there are certain aspects that that grow faster for the smaller people because they have to be so technical against guys that could just pick them up and crush them like a can. Right. Well, so, I think back to right. like I like for me, I look at people like Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse, who's just like so his head movement is so great, like his his skill is so great, and it's really fun. He's a really fun fighter to watch for me because he is so small, and because for me. I f everybody I fight is taller than me. Mm, yeah. And so, like, cutting angles, getting off the side, like, all of it is so imperative. I don't do it. Let's just be really honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't do any of that. I'm really bad at we it. We try real I hard. I walk forward, yeah, yeah. immediately walk forward into everybody's teeth, but it's okay. <laughs> but then, you know, then you realize, okay, well, I obviously am not, you know, running the angle situation, so let's work on pairing teeps and, like, figuring that out. And it is it's just, like, you... You better learn fast or you're going to get in trouble. So, right, right. Yeah. No, much love to the little guys out there. You know? <laughs> and then Thank poor you. big guys that are actually reasonable too, you know. Like, always just, oh, you only got that because you're big, you know. Yeah. yeah I get yeah. that now too. It's like, now, now I'm your size. <laughs> Don't forget what happened when I was a lightweight, bitch. <laughs> As if I just, you know sucked then so it's nice being a little heavier for the room of course you know oh yeah for sure but my big training partners they're the ones that complain about it now oh god Bobby oh like, damn calling Love out it. names let's call out let's do it <laughs> this dude is huge too and he's strong as hell oh shit and yeah 
So who is all training out there right now? Um, you said Jake is. Yeah, for MMA, like my main training partners right now. For this last fight, Jake was like my best training partner because he really gave me great looks and he's getting really good, first of all. Yeah. And he's developing a gas tank and very similar style and actually slightly taller than my last opponent. But I don't know, we were definitely prepared with Hockenberry in the room. I, he's he's no joke. I, I really believe in him. And um, Corey Anderson, also bigger guy, fights light heavyweight now. And um, of course, Brant's there. He's always a good training partner of mine. There's a bit of a size gap now. When we first met, we were like the same size. Oh He's God. gotten smaller and I've gotten bigger. So, But we can always work well because we're reasonable oh, yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you're not sure. hitting yeah. each other at 100%. Right, so we can exchange skill for skill, which you know, it'd be nice if everybody could do that, but not everybody can. So yeah, yeah. Some people are light switches, and some people have dials. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we still get good work, and like I don't know, I consider him a coach too, even though you know I've mentored him for some years now. I don't know. I'm always eager to hear what he has to say. You know, technically, and he's got a good eye for the sport, even though he hasn't had any fights. He's still very skilled, and he's pro level in my opinion. He just yeah. Some of the some of the best people I feel like don't ever fight. Yeah, you know, like some of the guys that could be world champions are like, yeah, I just, I just like training. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah. fucking awesome. You know, yeah. we, we need those people. No, for know? sure. But he will fight though. Yeah, he just <laughs> he absolutely is going. To. Yeah, yeah. No, I would never push that on him. I just want him to be happy and enjoy the stuff, you know. But he will, and he has aspirations to do it. But he's just such a selfless guy. It's like other people's stuff always gets in the way, and he. Uh, he's just super solid like that. So That's cool. It's time for him to be a little selfish. There you go. I was like, he yeah. can be a little selfish. It's yeah. time for you to put yourself first and let's go. Let's yeah. go. No, oh, for yeah. sure. He's more than ready. Like I said, I mean, even like all my fights leading up to Bellator from like 2016, he'd travel with me and be like my drilling partner and coach and help me with my strength and conditioning. He went to school for exercise science. So he's just got a good brain all the way around. A lot of What's your, uh, Natalie tra trains out of there still? Mm -hmm. Who else other girls train? Who we have? Um, MMA? No. Jiu-Jitsu, we have a couple of girls. Okay. Um, yeah, our Jiu-Jitsu squad, we got a bunch of good, you know, hobbyists, if you like to call them that. Um, super solid. We got a good crew right now. Nice. Too many to name, really. When are your MMA classes at? 4.30. Okay. 4.30 to 6. Yeah. Monday. Actually, we switched it up. We're just doing two hard days a week now, Tuesday and Thursday. Why did you guys have... switch it up? Was it just like to give yourself more rest, to give yourself more time to recover? I think so. And then, you know, people piece together their training. Corey yeah. has a gym at his house and we'll get work there sometimes. That's an option. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess because there's no chill in IBG sometimes. No, so, no, there's not. You know? I love it. Honestly, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I just, I miss it so much. Yeah. I like, I like the nose of the grind stuff. Hell it yeah. Just, yeah. You walk out of there feeling like, okay, I, I got some fucking work done. Hell like, that's, yeah. That's yes. cool. Hell no, for yeah. sure. I don't, I don't like going and just, I mean, I don't know, like technique classes is never okay, but I, you know, I'd much rather hit pads and, and, <laughs> and Or just like right. train and like spar and yeah. Just get that out of your system. Absolutely. Come back to life with a new perspective, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We do wrestling and jujitsu on Monday and then Wednesday we still have the open mat. And then Friday we actually have a gi class. Oh shit! So, any do you folks have air, interested do you in gi? Do you even have air conditioning in there yet, or? 
What's that? Okay, good. Check. No, just <laughs> <laughs> check, check. Dream recognition. No, we have bay doors. We got Love these it, big perfect. bay doors. Dude, this but we honestly have heat, is though. my favorite. Oh, okay. really? Do you? Yeah. Heat is yeah. important. Yeah. I, I found, like, man, because so many gyms don't have a good heating system, and being cold and hitting a bag or anything. It's terrible. I hate it so much. When you can't get warm in your training, it's like, I just want to go home. <laughs> right, <know>? right. <laughs> I know. We, we keep it really warm now. Me and Brad are responsible for the heat bill as part of our arrangement. I love it. But we still keep it pretty warm. And, um, yeah, at the old spot, I remember Garrett Whiteley was training for a UFC fight, and I'm in there sparring with him. I have, like, a hood up and then my headgear over the hood, shoes, everything and just still freezing cold you could see your breath yep. and the mass were rock hard i'm like dang this dude's in the ufc right. it's some rough training right now right. <laughs> we're training for russia baby right Let's go. right but, <laughs> yeah it's, it's rocky in the in the cold mountains picking up logs <laughs> right right but how yeah. do you keep for yourself from becoming like just the guy who likes to take people to the ground like for you know what i mean like i know your jujitsu game is fucking money your stand-up game is money so how do you, as a fighter, like keep yourself from being pegged into one type or the other? Good question. I don't know. I feel like the jiu-jitsu people don't, never want to claim me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the MMA fighters want to call me a jiu-jitsu guy. And then, yeah. And then the boxers just say, I can't box. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I, shit. You know, <laughs> they always say that. I they say, always that, say that, you know? And then I was complaining about that the other day. And then my one boy was like, it's like, yeah, but nobody thinks that. I was like, okay, well, maybe intrusive thoughts got the best of me, you know. Yeah, that's possible. But <laughs> I don't know, you know, I, I started off more of a striker and was just throwing hands. Me and Cameron Van Camp fought years ago, and he was trying to take me down the whole time, and I was just throwing bombs, you know. Uh, I don't know, things go in spurs, and then obviously jiu-jitsu is the safer out. And before, I, I always knew I would put on good fights, in front of bigger crowds for more money and was wanting to do that. But I was like, man, you hurt yourself hurting other people. Let's just choke this dude out. Literally. Get out of here, live to fight another day, and then keep it moving, you know? Yep. Like, why am I going to go bleed? <laughs> like, I mean, not to say I haven't done that. I did get my face rearranged and had five fractures in my skull after a fight that I only got paid probably a couple thousand dollars max Wait, for. Wait, what, what was the fight that you fought where you're on our shirt that we have? Oh, it was Zach Eddington. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He lost his mouth guard when you hit him. I heard that. Everybody heard that punch. <laughs> it was fucking awesome being there live. <laughs> nice. That's funny. Yeah, dude. Tough dude. That dude's tough as hell. Yeah. Thankfully, that was his blood, and I really okay, wasn't okay. injured. My elbows were just really sore after that fight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, you, well, yeah, you hit him a lot with a lot of elbows. Yeah. But was it the... The right hand that cut him, or was it the elbows that cut him? The elbows. Well, I dropped him with the right yeah. hand, then he was backing out of takedown, and was yeah throwing some pretty nasty elbows from there and yeah because i remember he like yeah he was on your leg and you were just pegged peg, peg. <laughs> yeah that dude's so tough dude i i think he like came to with one of those punches and then was just like back in on a single super strong good wrestler and yeah damn but, yeah that was a fun fight yeah that was really yeah. fun i saw his mouth guard I, oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh dude that's a fear of mine having a fight without a mouthpiece Ugh. for oh. an extended period of time uh no thank you nope. Absolutely right. not. I have my teeth, thank you. Get my teeth, yeah. 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 Shit. I'm team nose, but I got my teeth, and I'm thankful for that. I love yeah. that for you. <laughs> There's always dentures, I guess. Hey, I really wanted to play hockey when I was younger, and my parents immediately were like, no, no, we want you to have teeth in your face. And I was like, all right. And now I took up 
combat sports. So. Yeah. Right. So, in your okay. face, mom. <laughs> right. You still got yours, too, so that's a good thing. So, so yeah. Go my next question is, how many people have you Darce choked for the win? Because I see that choke a lot from you. And it's like your, it, I don't know, it's your special move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, in MMA, for the longest time, way less than you would think. I'm trying to think. I have a bunch of guillotine wins, but then I didn't really get a Dars win until what? I'm trying to think of the first one. Hmm. It might have been like Dan Head or Reggie Merriweather. So later on, honestly, but in jiu-jitsu competition, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, <Everybody>. for sure. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I've started to get pretty decent at it because, you know, yeah. passing like the half guard or whatever, and people yeah. always shoot the underhook because you're supposed right. to. Right, And then I just bury it down I'm like fuck it <laughs> yeah dude it's a it's a nice move and it's um, kind of low risk in a lot of ways it's a good control position even if they defend it you yeah. have a bunch of other options I don't know it's a solid move thankful for it because yeah like I said sometimes you just need to get the hell out of there yeah, you know I mean? yeah. dude I think <laughs> B that's what the guy was thinking when you kicked him in the last fight like B kicked him once and I saw the the face on him was just like I don't want to any do any of that anymore yeah. and he was like I don't want that kick ever again <laughs> I'm, I'm over this situation I'm over it. yeah because it is true do you find I always tell people like when people are like stand them up I'm like you don't understand I'm, I'm trying because I don't want to be on the floor with people. It's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess it's on the person to get up. You know, I'm not, I don't think you should have to always work your way up. If you can tie them up and nothing's going on, yeah, stand them up. Yeah. You know, get some action going, but it is what it is. You know, the promoter might not want to have you back if you're just smothering people and not really doing much with it, but yeah. I don't know. How much of that promotion versus just player game goes into training? I mean, I'm going to play my game, but I like to think it's a fairly exciting style because I'm always looking for the finish. I'm never really just chilling, you know. Yeah. I go to push the pace, and, yeah, I have a lot of different ways to finish people in my arsenal. So, I don't know, I like to stand up a lot more, too. It's like when I'm really trying to stand, people try to take me down. So, um, and then sometimes I get stunned early and want to take it down, too. So, I mean, that's the point of having a well-rounded game, right? It's mixed martial arts, but I do like to stand up a lot more lately, and, it's been super fun. Like I said, for the longest time, I'm like, man, I've taken damage on the feet, and I wasn't as comfortable maybe on the feet with high-level strikers. So, yeah, now I enjoy it a lot more, and I'm a lot more comfortable there. But getting pieced up and getting your face rearranged when you know you can take the dude down for, like, 500 bucks early on, like, no. Sorry, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You can break your hand knocking someone out, too. So it's just, it was just easier, too. And I love the striking, too, but, you know, you, it's high risk for injury, of course. And if you do have a solid ground game or way better than theirs, I, I think you just take them where they're weak, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, is Do you think it's up to you or does this something that Pat does? And I say this because I'm genuinely a novice. Like, does he do a lot of, you know, watching the other person and, and seeing where you play? Or are you straight up just being like, I'm going to work where I'm the weak at, weak at and then just see what they do in the ring? He'll definitely take a look, but it takes Pat like five seconds to watch somebody. And, yeah, I'm And he'll sure. just be like, okay, this is how we're going to fight him. Yeah. And move forward with that type of game plan. And quite honestly, he's usually pretty well spot on, you know. Oh, yeah. And he knows me as a fighter, too, because we've, you know, come a long way together now. So, um, yeah, like, for example, this last guy, he's a good wrestler, of course, but he is known to get tired from what we saw anyways. He's undefeated, but he was, you know, we saw him slowing down and, um, 
we were just going to push the pace. And that's why I came forward with the strikes and wasn't really worried about the takedown and confident with my ground game. So just making them work, work, work. And we just drilled down all training camp. And then yeah. we got to refine it out in New Jersey with Corey and his team and Frankie Edgar and those guys. I don't train with Frankie. He's a smaller guy now. I had some smaller guys yeah, for him to train with. Yeah, he's sized Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Not to say we couldn't go together, but... You know, we had, I was there to work with bigger guys that sure, I didn't yeah. have here, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, do you go yeah. to other states a lot to cross-train, or? It depends. I mean, not a lot, a lot. We kind of, I don't know. I love training with Pat and getting the work, and it's so nice to have Corey there now, too. Yeah. Um, but any chance I get and we're out of state, yeah, definitely going to try to find the best gym that's available. Oh, hell yeah, for sure. Um, down in Miami was fun, that MMA Masters. And then in Vegas, I got to weasel in on some cool training sessions, which was nice. But, yeah, I don't know. We've been, I get invites, of course, and there's a lot of places I would love to train. But when you're trying to build and, you know, bring along your students and stuff, it's tough to get away for too long. So Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Just leaving for a few days, and you're like, okay, who's feeding my dog? Right, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how long ago did you get your black belt then? Uh, I guess... A couple months ago. Yeah, so I felt like it was pretty, pretty, pretty soon, or like not too far ago. Like, so did you know that was coming? Um, yes and no. I don't know. Pat told I don't know. He told me to make sure I was going to be here at a certain day, which <laughs> oh, was kind of a giveaway. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's kind of yeah. a big heads up. Right, and not very ceremonial at all. You know. Yeah. I got my purple belt in the parking lot. He just kind of threw it at me while I was putting my gear away in my trunk. <laughs> Brown belt was a little bit more special because we were at another gym, so we're all on our best behavior. Okay. Not acting like a bunch of scrubs. Heathens, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then this one, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I was going over a technique with Luke, just playing around on the mats, and um, just like in normal clothes, too. I wasn't really training, training that day. And um, he comes over and looks at it like, you know, kind of give me the look like this is some bullshit technique because it's kind of a funky shoulder lock okay and um and he's like let me see it and just looked like with disapproval you know <laughs> and then he just threw two belts at me and luke oh and then kind of walked away for a second but then came back and then you know we talked a little bit <laughs> so that was how i actually got it and then bobby and those guys came up like a few weeks later and then that's when we got it I love you know, it. Open to the public. So. Honestly, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It just, I mean, because it's like, that's not why you're here. You know, you're. True. it's nice, but yeah. it's not the purpose of learning jujitsu. You right. know, you're yeah. here to be a better fighter regardless of what belt you're You're not going to wear your belt yeah. with your, your Valley Tudo shorts. Right, you know? right, yeah. right. You did wear your brown belt to Kroger, but that was because I asked I you to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, Wait, I got what? it like a month and or two ago. No. Oh. <laughs> I had my I had a hoodie on. I just okay. threw it over the top. I was, was like, just put walking it on. around. Hips put out, it on like. so <laughs> That's hilarious. It was really funny. And it, it was the downtown Kroger, so like you know, shit happens there. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we those we, college we students. were not. Yeah. Hell yeah. Those the I the Indiana ballet students. They're feisty. They will <laughs> kick you. I was. I tried to rough this guy up, and he sat on the floor and scooted at me. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten all my belts from different coaches. So, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's wild. You one of those? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, one coach left, and then yeah. and so I got my blue belt at Performex, and then uh, that was from Klingerman, right? No, that was who gave you your? That was Justin. 
Okay, okay. And then he, he left for different things, and then they kind of sold Performax, and then James came before we had any other black belts there, and he gave me my purple belt, and then Borg gave me my brown belt. Okay. We moved over there. So Same I, affiliation, though. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. For sure. That's cool. Yeah. You know when some guys will, like, leave gyms? To go get promoted, you know. Oh my god! Yeah. I don't even care what people do, mind you. You know. No. Do your thing. I never chased belts personally. I just wanted to be decent, you know. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool, but I also told myself, come. I was like, man, like, you want to fight? Yeah. There's no belt ranks in MMA. Right. Just, right. You're just gonna go in there and fight people. Like you're, you know. John Jones was a white belt for the longest time. He yeah. Was a world champion. Yeah. He was a white belt technically, you know, because he didn't put on the gi and like. Right. Okay, like I, I doesn't matter unless you're in the gi, right. and you're doing a jiu-jitsu tournament, which I, we just prior discussion, I cannot afford. So right, right. <laughs> no, that's the one thing I will agree with. Yeah, competition-wise, if you want to compete, you know, with the best people, and you think you're there, of course you want that rank. Yeah. You know, because IBJJF isn't gonna do it unless it's like recognized lineage. So you'd just be stuck in whatever division, then you'd be a sandbagger. And right. Yeah. So, and then for business purposes, because people are probably going to go where there's a black belt, because, you know, people that aren't super knowledgeable, they're not really going to tell the difference. Yeah. They're just going to see, oh, he's a black belt. Yeah. Right. This guy's not. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. And also, the better competitors aren't always the better teachers or most knowledgeable either. Yeah. You might be really good at one move, and it might be unique to your body type, and... Yeah. So there's a lot of factors, but I feel like the ranking gets in the way of a lot of things too, because it limits matchups. Like people are afraid to compete down. Of course, like, people want to compete up. You know. Right. Exactly. Or like, look at all the D1 wrestlers who come in as white belts and just like murk everyone. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it it is something that has been on my mind since I started, which was how do you even know that you're a true white belt or a true blue belt or whatever if you don't have like... Exactly. That's what I said. I was like, if there's no standard, what's making all of these people blue belts? You know, like it's just, it's such an interesting idea. And then I think it would be fine, but then you're also like basing all of your competitions off of that specific belt. It just, it's wild to me. And then you hear people asking, well, ranker, oh, well, yeah, he tapped me, but he's a whatever. It's like, right, exactly. And it's yeah. like, all it's right. Like sometimes, you know, that's true. But, like, you know, like you were talking about Hockenberry. Like, he, you know, obviously heavy wrestling background. And he did a tournament as a white belt and put in quotes. And he he, did, he fought up to purple belts and and won. Yeah. Right. And nice. James was like, hey, if you win this tournament, I'll give you your blue belt. He's like, what the fuck? Do I want a purple belt? Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like, literally, like, six months into jiu-jitsu, he had a blue belt, you know, which deserving obviously yeah you know because he i mean he's wiping up purple belts you know right. but i i've had um he doesn't train anymore but uh, my friend cam um he was you know i think he was d1 wrestler and he came in my size and i was purple belt at the time and he's kicking the shit out of me and he's you know a month or two into jiu-jitsu and i'm like fuck man <laughs> like Damn, you yeah. know so it's just like yeah. you know what is it you know I, I i you know me i started out with no athletic background at all i just right knew I liked Ninja Turtles and I wanted to fight, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, everyone has a different path for sure. And, you know, just because you can't apply it at the highest level doesn't mean you're not deserving of rank. It right. also shows time in and knowledge and yeah. you can't keep someone a white belt forever, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or can you? <laughs> 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 or but who are we talking about here? <laughs> I think I think Habib was technically a white belt, you know? Really? So, I mean... I, th- I think I've seen him in a gi like online once or something, and he had a white yeah. belt on. So, you know, yeah, yeah. who you know, draw that guy out of local naga, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. 
for that sure. That would be so sad for you. I feel so sad <laughs> for you. <laughs> that would be awesome. So what is your superpower then? Like you have so many talents, but what did you consider your superpower that you... Um, just not giving up and being stubborn. I love it. Yeah. Stubbornness? Yeah. Hell yeah. 100%. <laughs> you and me both. It serves buddies. me well and goes very horribly. I, I think All you have to yeah I think you have to be a little stubborn though in this sport I mean I mean like you said you were three and five at one point yeah. you know if you weren't stubborn would you just said fuck it and went on and did something else and just right and then do know. the same there when I didn't achieve my goals that I wanted yeah to, not know. that there's anything wrong with being a physical therapist but like would you just be doing that full time you know like you know it's it wouldn't be a fulfilling life that's for sure yeah I think you at least have to try to you know chase your dream and involve passion in your life you know not everyone can do it and make like a living full time at it and that's fine but I think it's important to keep those things that are important to you involved in your life you know oh yeah I mean you just I don't feel like a PCU dies as soon as you give up on that stuff you know and think only about money so yeah absolutely yeah do shit that scares the shit out of you yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah dude yeah. I think I resonated when you with you when you were like I just thought I could do it and so I did it I'm like that's actually not my superpower that's like one of my big <laughs> problems it's like my toxic trait is thinking I could do that and then just doing all of the things so oh yeah yeah. yeah. I like yeah. that you proved yourself right though you knuckled down and just did the shit and yeah. Yeah. look at you now you're fighting Bellator which is fucking awesome yeah, I, mean, I don't know a lot of people that have made it that far so kudos yeah. to you for being fucking stubborn Hell yeah. No, thank you. That means a lot. Hell means yeah. A lot. Yeah. yeah, not without struggle, of course. You know, and there's been so many times I've been encouraged to stop doing it, you know, or just, hey, it's probably not going to happen. Give it up, you know, family, even close friends and significant others. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I feel lucky that we have, like, B and I both have the same chaotic dream I guess <laughs> yeah. but like I can imagine you know watching someone get hurt over you know doing this or like not being able to go out or you know right. it's like the time it takes away yeah the time yeah. it takes away is is very hard so I get it yeah six weeks of not being able to go have donuts or a drink or something right and you're like I can't tonight because I got to train or I got to get up early to go train. Right. Yeah. Who does he think he is eating all healthy? He's, yeah. no, he's no better than us. Yeah. He's never going to mount a shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys have an awesome thing. And, you know, it's funny. I kind of preach like you don't want your girlfriend to want you to fight. But you guys do it in the right way where it's like a healthy thing. You know, you don't want some like bloodthirsty significant oh. other. It's like. Yeah, fuck him. You know like, what I mean? Just on, like, loves the fighting. fighting. Yeah. Right. You want someone that's worried about it. It's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't do it. You know? Yeah. But yeah. you're involved and you understand and you get it from yeah. you know, an athlete's perspective as well. So yeah. it's different. I think it yeah. is different. It does help that she's fought a few times. So yeah. She kind of understands it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, and just the support system in general. Right. And having somebody that backs you up is very, very important. I totally agree. <laughs> no one saw me flex. flex. <laughs> she just flexed. She's Hashtag huge. Flex. Somebody get Usad over yo, here. Yo, yo. <laughs> so what's what's now? What are you doing now? Like, do you fight again or what's yeah, going on? Yeah, for sure. I'm just back. To, it's been like two weeks since I've back, been back to training full time. Okay. Um, trained with Corey this morning. Hell yeah. We accommodated the diva, Corey Anderson. Got Damn. up early. Wasn't on time. Sorry. You knew I wouldn't be. But... <laughs> <laughs> Still came in early, got some good rounds. Hockenberry was there as well. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah. 
and then yeah trained with the team after that nice and yeah just back on the saddle I'm not in the shape that I was leading up to that last fight because I was like in peak shape but I still try to act like I am and set the pace like I am and yeah your boy got tired today (laughs) I haven't done shit this week because I'm a week from my last one you know so like today was like the first I, I trained Tuesday I rolled one time and I was like Dude, you lose it quick, and it's so hard to get to that level of shape. It seems almost unfair, but it's also part of the fun. Where you're like, I know I can do this again. Now it's just time to fucking knuckle down and let's go. Right, right. Because I feel the same way. Where it was like, like I fought in the summer, and I took... I got Christmas cookie fat and like that's took, the worst. It's the worst because then Jamie it's so was fun, like, though. "It's so fun." <laughs> it is. But she was like, "Do you want to take a fight?" And I was like, "I guess." And I got fucking wind. I didn't train at all for that yeah, smoker. It was, smoker. it was like so, and I was fighting some sixteen-year-old girl, and I was like, "Cool, I'm like double no your side to that." <laughs> well. She oh, was also uh, sick that week too. It was rough. And going into it, and a sixteen-year-old who obviously doesn't get hurt or right. get tired, right? She's, or and she's a badass too. Yeah, like she's, she's very a good. Hard, hard matchup. So it was an interesting. It was an interesting moment. It was yeah. a good uh, wake-up call to be like, "Hey, remember you don't you lose like you said you lose it so fast." Yeah. And it's like, even I mean, you rest, you rust. It's very true. And so yeah, it'll be a. It'll be a comeback for everyone. But, like, yeah. dude, you look great. So, well, thank you. you know, I appreciate like it. Said, the drip, like... <laughs> great attitude. Good I to see you. It. Yeah, no, yeah. great to see you guys. Dude, yeah. we're excited to watch your fight again. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Of yeah. course. Oh, yeah, Anytime. Oh. Love you guys.